Ladies and gentlemen, get your popcorn ready, sit back, relax, because it's about time for chatting with George Noonan. Oh, yeah. Basically, just starting now. So, okay. My, my guest is Dan Margarita. You you know him, you love him. Uh, Dan, I, I think I met you way back in uh, Little League. You, you were the Braves coach with Bernie Corbett. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I was on I was on your All Star team one year. So you that's right. You you played for Bob Brickett and the Phillies, if I if I recall correctly. Yes, absolutely correct. Right. And say it again. And uh, yeah, we go back uh, quite a ways there. Yes, yes. And, and when then, I, then I knew you as the uh, as the uh, sales clerk at West Coast Video, <laughs> the defunct West Coast Video. Yes, yes. And I was just going in there because one day you walked in, one night you walked in and said you were producing a TV show and asked me if I'd like to be a part of it, and I said absolutely. That's right. <laughs> I was. I was working on, I was learning through Stoneham Cable Access TV, uh, TV production. And of course, that was in the days of videotape. So anything I might have learned then is completely obsolete now. Right. Mm. And we did the the Eye on Stoneham. Yes, Eye on Stoneham, starring (laughs) George Newton. I don't remember much about that, but I do remember the, the, the one thing I vividly remember was having Joe Vidiello on. Right. And I asked him, I was trying to, to get to something, and I, I asked him about, I was trying to compare friendships with baseball players versus something else. And I kept, at, and he answered it, but he didn't answer, I, he answered it in a way that I didn't think he understood. So I kept mm-hmm. asking him, like, I asked, must have asked him 40 times, but do you have friends? Like, something like that. And I just, I just remember afterwards feeling so stupid, like it was so embarrassing. And uh, uh, But we had some good people on there. We had Kristen Seabury, we had... Um, uh, Mark Mitchell from Disney. Oh, that's right. Right. Uh, uh, who else? Oh, uh, we had Killer Kowalski. Yes, that's right. I, yes, Walter came down and did, did the show. I thought I forgot that he was on that one. Yes, I knew him from the video and, store too. And um, as a matter of fact, I remember you asked him a question, and then he just went on for like twenty nine minutes. <laughs> yes. And I'm in the control room, and we only had a thirty minute tape. And I'm jumping up and down, <laughs> waving my arms, doing the throat slashing cut, cut, cut thing, and you had to finally just like interrupt him to you know to cut him off. Well, you don't, and and, and the tape and the show. You don't cut Killer Kowalski. He cuts you. That's yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> his his right. hands. Even he was a senior citizen at the time, and, and his hands mm-hmm. were gigantic. Yes, there he was, was a big man. Yeah, he was even even as a 
He was an elderly man. He was a big man. Y- yeah, I wouldn't have messed with him. Well, I, d- no. I didn't. I just let him talk for 25, 25 minutes. <laughs> no, you didn't have a chance. To, you <laughs> didn't have any other option. He just went into that pro wrestler thing right away. He knew how to go into the shtick. Yeah. And obviously been doing it many times for many years. And it's like, if you wanted to ask a question, you couldn't have. He just went off. <laughs> and like, you could just sit back and put your feet up and relax. It was the easiest show I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Now, did you go any further with that? Because I, I don't know what, what happened. We, we kind of just, you, you, you run out of celebrities in Stoneham, so it's not like. True. Uh, there's a lot of characters, certainly, but a lot of, not as many celebrities. Right. Um, I just drifted away from that for reasons I don't remember, just whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was fun. It was interesting to learn some video stuff, and I wouldn't mind doing something again like it. And uh, you know, learning more with video and maybe using it to do some uh, some comedy things or sketches or something, ha- having studio access. Uh, but that's not something I hadn't really been thinking about too much. Mm. Now you you just mentioned comedy, and, and I I think mm-hmm. I've told you the story before, but mm-hmm. w- one day uh, Adam Castle and I were were riding our bikes down by Robin Hood School. We bumped into you. Right. And you had said, hey, I'm doing uh, Catch a Rising Star, I believe it was, in Harvard Square. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And, and Adam and I gave the old, you know, yeah, of course we will. Sure, no doubt. You know, see you then. And right. we, we would we would ride home. Like, you, should, you really want to go? We're like, yeah. Yeah, let's go. It. Let's do it. I had never been to one before. So I, I, I we, did, we had to figure out where it was, how to get there. And we, right. sh- we showed up and you were there. And, and um, Kevin Pollack was the headliner. Yes, and what I what I always remember, and this is the funny part, because I've seen uh, Seinfeld, Car- mm-hmm. Carlin a bunch of times, uh, mm-hmm. D- Dave Chappelle, all these like you know big names, and mm-hmm. all, all I remember is Paul Kozlowski was the middle guy, and mm-hmm. I thought he was great, and he was in the movie Punchline, and I got so excited because this has Tom Hanks and Sally Field and Paul Kozlowski, and so I was so excited because I had seen him live before, and you were you uh you you were up there a bunch of times, and you were very good. Everybody was it was one of the funniest shows I've ever been to, and it was just not because it was my first one, but I mean Kevin Pollock is is great. Do you do you? He's, and, he's brilliant. Yeah, great impression of. Now, are you still friends with with Paul Kozlowski? Um, I see him, well, he's out in, well, he was in L.A. for uh, a couple of decades. He's in upstate New York now. Uh, I did see him when he was in town a couple of years ago. Uh, so we're in touch through Facebook. Uh, very funny guy, very original. Um, yeah, and um, I can't say that I, you know, Kevin Pollock probably doesn't even remember me. <laughs> but uh, he was nice enough. He was quiet. We didn't really, you know, chat much. But he was, he was, he was polite. Actually, he gave me a very nice compliment at the end of the week. He said, uh you know, I'm an experienced performer, but you write very well. And, like, he didn't have to do that. I mean, it was nothing to be gained for uh, from him. So it was a very nice compliment. Nice. Yeah. Get a compliment from a, a headliner. And now he had already done movies because he mentioned he did his impressions. And he'd mentioned he was in um, Willow, I think it was, with, with Tom Cruise. Um, um, I don't know if he had done Few Good Men yet. No, this was before that. Okay. Uh, before he hadn't done, if he, he might have done some stuff, but he wasn't as big a name right. uh, in movies. Um, I heard him, I saw him on TV, he was talking about uh, doing uh, the, the first Grumpy Old Men movie. And uh, he said he's standing there waiting to shoot, and he's talking with Walter Matthau and uh, just making chit chat. He says, Boy, the script looks great. This had to be a lot of fun. And Walter Matthau says, the script is garbage, but I owe my bookie $2 million. 
<laughs> Spot on, by the way. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you. I, I didn't expect the mouth out impression to come out. That was great. Oh, yeah. When do I get to my Wilford Brimley? <laughs> yeah. Anybody can do De Niro. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Nobody does Brimley. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> now, how, what's the, now you stayed, you still live in locally. Um, locally. Do you, did you ever go out, give it a shot out west or the, the comedy? Uh, I never like moved to LA or New York or anything like that. And maybe I should have, um, I, I don't know why it wasn't in my DNA to do that. Um, and m- mind you for a while, you could actually make a living here in Boston doing comedy. Uh, one thing I'm not, you know, I have talent in a few various areas. Uh, one of them is not business. I'm not a good business person. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I have a number of variety of artistic pursuits that I've made no money at. because I, I have absolutely no business sense whatsoever. Um, so, but I worked around the country a little bit, parts of the country doing colleges and clubs for a while, uh, which was fun. Definitely, you know, great to see parts of the country you don't normally get to see you know the non-tourist places small towns and such uh so it's been it was interesting do you have any other any i mean everyone has stories but do you have any memorable stories on the road so to speak like 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 the kevin pollock story do you have one of those um i probably do uh at least ones i want to repeat uh, publicly (laughs) um let's see what would be one i was working at a club in indiana and uh, apparently Indiana is divided as far as the um, uh, time zone. And uh, so I get to the club early and the guy says, OK, yeah, the show's at uh, eight. So I show up at seven and there's nobody in the parking lot, no cars. And the guy's just still putting up uh, the names on the marquee. And I said, wow, not much of a crowd tonight. He says, oh, you're an hour early. And I'm thinking, oh, this guy's nuts. And then he says, when you request in Indiana, you change time zones. Uh, oh, duh. Um, yeah, so um, I know I have better stories than that. I just off no, the I'm top trying of to, my head. Did you miss it, or were you two hours No, early? I was an hour early. Oh, okay, okay. okay. All right. <laughs> so I wasn't, I wasn't trying to figure it out. That... <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there's other stories that – we'll get back to that if I think of something. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, yeah. we, we have recently Norm MacDonald – Betty White, very recently yeah. Bob Saget. Did you yeah. ever meet any of, of those? Uh, fun I saw people? Norm at Catch a Rising Style. That was one of the best things is that I could, being a comedian, I could, uh, they had some pretty big headliners there and I could go in and watch these guys for free. And I don't recall if I said hello to him or anything. Uh, he did play softball with some of the comics because uh, we used to play softball back in the day. Uh, never met Betty White. And um, or Bob Saget uh, and Betty White, God bless her. I know we all thought she'd go forever, but I mean, when a 99 year old dies, I guess it shouldn't be that much of a shock. Uh, but it's sad nonetheless because we all love Betty White. Um, and you, you certainly don't throw a surprise party for a 99 year old. That's <laughs> true, that's a given. That's a given, <laughs> but it's a valid point. I mean, I mean, yeah. what, like what'd she die from? Well, she's 99, that's what she yeah. died from. I mean, it's. <laughs> In fact, that reminds me of my father, my late father, Bob Margarita. Um, he later in life he had his eyesight problems and um, he had vision issues. Uh, being older, and he used to read the newspaper every day. And uh, one day he's reading the obituaries, and he calls me over. He says, "Danny, 
what does it say this guy died of? And I look at the obituary and it says, you know, Mr. Thompson was 96 years old. And so I said to my father, it doesn't say what he died of, it just says he was 96 years old. But I think that's what did it. Yeah, that might have been, that might have been the COD, exactly. Yeah. Now, you just mentioned your, your, your dad. I know you were very close with him. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I had the pleasure of being around him in, in, at Stoneham High School. He was always down there with the football team and, and, and with his dog. I don't remember the dog's name, though. Probably Root Bear by the time you were there, or Luke. Luke, 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 it was Luke. I know I'd remember if I heard it, okay. yes. And it, everybody loved your, your dad, obviously, you know that. Yeah. And what was it like growing up with? Now, he played for the Bears in, he a, did. in a Super Bears. Bowl. Did, did they win the uh, uh, Well, they didn't have the Super Bowl back then, but it was the NFL championship. Okay. Um, they won in 1946. Uh, he played 44, 45, and 46. Um, yeah, and they, they won the championship that year. Um Let's see. It's funny, actually. Um, he was pretty well known throughout Stoneham, as you say, because he taught and coached here for you know, decades. And um, and one day I took him down to. Uh, you know what? I won't tell the story. You won't. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I look like a jerk, not him. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> well, we don't want that. Well, it's just that yeah, he was uh, he was eighty something years old, and you know, and um, he was still uh, mentally sharp and uh but you know he was 82 years old and he had a walker and um so i took him to the bakery and you know the girl behind the counter oh hi mr margarita you know she'd gone to stone him high oh, hi, and everything and this guy comes in with his 10 year old little kid uh little boys in a football uniform and my father sees him was oh football player huh? and the kid says yep and uh, the girl points to my father and says to the kid he was a football player so my father says to the kid, how old are you? The kid says 10. So I looked at the kid and I pointed to my 82-year-old father and said, that's what you're going to look like in 70 years. <laughs> <laughs> and the kid just looked up at me like, what? Yeah. But I'm a terrible person. But anyway. No, if that's the worst thing yeah. you've done. I mean, I've done worse than that yeah. today, I think. Yeah. What was it so, like? That you were a ba- you're more of a baseball guy, though. Did you, even, did you play football or did you just stick I, with baseball? I, well, you know what? I actually played in high school. Um, I played football. I didn't play baseball. I went out for the team, I think, in eighth grade. But I was really into football at the time, actually. Um, and um, so I really, you know, enjoyed playing football. Uh, then I got sick spring of my junior year, and I, I couldn't play football senior year. Um, so actually, I actually got away from football. I started really getting back into baseball again. Uh, and I started coaching with Bernie and so forth. And uh, it was really hard for me to even watch football for quite a while. Um, but I kind of have baseball roots because my grandfather was a sports cartoonist for the Boston Globe. So uh, a lot of his baseball, his drawings are in the Baseball Hall of Fame. So I kind of grew up with old time baseball. So I've always you know, loved that. And in fact, I've already just booked my trip uh, out to Cooperstown for my vacation uh, next week. Uh, so I really, now I'm both, you know, baseball and football. So I love them both. Is this an annual trip to Cooperstown or do you just? It has been the last few years. Um, you know, it's, it's fairly inexpensive. You just drive out there. It's four or five hours. You stop to get something to eat, some gas. <laughs> and, um, but you know, I love it. It's old time stuff and I've seen it a bunch of times but i still enjoy it and it's such a beautiful little town and it's such a nice drive in upstate new york rural 
And, um, you know, there's like one stoplight on the main drag there. And you can picture horses and buggies uh, or Model T's driving down the street. Uh, it's, it's really, yeah, and it's, it's very quiet this time of year, too. So you kind of have the place to yourself. Yeah, I bet. Now, now you have, I don't know if you still have this, but I, I do know that every spring I see you in different ballparks, whether it be minor league or spring training. No. Um, well, I've been, yeah, I've been going down for years with my buddies, um, Rick and Jim. They started going down before me, and I finally joined them um, to go down for a week in March uh, during spring training. And the first time I went down there, we had tickets to a game in Winter Haven. It was, it wasn't, uh, it was no longer the Red Sox spring training site. It was the Cleveland Indians. And we actually couldn't even get seats. We wound up standing in the outfield grass, the berm behind the left field fence. Uh, and I just come down from New England and this is my first time. And I'm standing there in a t-shirt on green grass, drinking ice cold beer. And I'm thinking, uh, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> I bet. And uh, it was great. And uh, so I've been going down for several years with my buddies. And sadly, we lost uh, our friend Jim uh, a few years ago. Uh, so it's just been me and Rick. Well, actually, it's been nobody the last couple of years because of COVID. Right. But uh, hopefully we'll we'll get back there. Rick and I'll get back there this this March. Yeah. So speaking of your friend Jim, you held a benefit for him in Somerville. We did at the uh, at the comedy studio. Um, our friend Rick Jenkins, who along with Jim and Tom Brown, uh, founded the club back in the late '90s. Uh, you know, we used it seemed sensible to uh, use that place as uh, where we're going to do the fundraiser. We just wanted to do something to just you know remember Jim and honor Jim. And uh, so we had a bunch of comic uh, friends of mine and in his, and uh, we're more than happy to come out and share their time and talents. And uh, we raised about I think we raised like three thousand dollars for the uh, Jimmy Fund. Wow. Yeah. And totally. Uh, and when they came to present the one of the big check things to us there for the photo op, um, we wound up actually getting to go see a game out of it at a uh, Sox game. Is that right? That much. We had no idea that that was going to be part of it. Or, you know, uh, that's why I suggested we just next year we kill Rick and then we'll do it again <laughs> and we'll get to another free game. So, <laughs> well, eventually um, it's going to be your turn, though. You know that. <laughs> Yeah, well, at least somebody gets to go to a game free. So. <laughs> That's true. You get something out. Yeah. It's better to give keep, than to receive. Keep your schedule open. Yes, so. yes. I actually was at that benefit. You did. That's right. You, as a matter of fact, you heckled me, as I recall. I No, I didn't heckle you. I heckled um. Okay. Um, Tony. What, Tony V. Tony V, yeah. Tony V. And he, he said, because he, he, the, the crowd wasn't really quite into it early. It was yeah. It was a little. Uh, was, I should have done more time up front. It was. Uh, it took it a while to warm up. You know, you're talking about a thing where we're all thinking about a dead guy. So it, you know, it's a bit of a somber feeling to it at first. Um, it got going after a while though, and and you know, we had a good time. But I feel like I, I woke him up, Tony V, because he was kind of yeah. he was kind of just going through it. So he maybe he was somber right. as well. And he said something about you ever think about where you're gonna die? And I went, yeah, right here. And it Ooh. it took a second. But then right. people started to laugh, and then he went off on me, which was fantastic. Right. I loved it; it was great. But right. then he killed it after that. So I'm yeah. not—I'm not gonna lie to you. I, th- I, I took credit for that. Jane was next <laughs> to me. I don't know if I can mention Jane on the air. I'm sorry. Um, well, sorry. Jane was next to me. I sat next to Jane. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think she was biting her lip. I don't know, but uh, it just right. got—it just kind of came out. I wasn't trying to be a wise ass. It just—it was just felt funny, and I thought it happens. And, and he'll 
retaliate. That's what I wanted him to yeah. give me a beating, right. and he did, deservedly right. so. But but yeah. I don't know if you remember this though. I showed up with Nancy Pizzotti, and Nancy right. didn't buy a ticket. Right. And I told. <laughs> It was sold out too. And the thing is, there were a few no shows. I told her to stick around and we might be able to get her a seat. We could have got her a seat, but she went home. But it was nice of her to come by anyway. <laughs> She's good people. It was just funny because we, we went to, to uh, we went out to, uh, I think we went to RFL Sullivan's before that. And, mm-hmm. and it never dawned on me to ask her about a ticket. And, and then we get there and she's like, oh, no, I was going to buy one here. And I was like, oh, right. I really thought she, she bought one. But so I ended up right. hanging out with Bernie for most of the nights. Bernie was there too. But That's right. It, it was a it was a very good show though. Once it once it got going, it, it was yeah. very, it was very good. And, and you are right. It was a there was a a video at the end that was very well done. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, and I got to see a lot of people that you know, in this business, you you sort of like drift away from each other. Uh, people go different places, and you know, get get on with different jobs in their lives, and. That's that's one of the few one of the good things about Facebook. It's, it has allowed me to reconnect with a lot of people that I hadn't you know seen in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And that that is how mm-hmm. it was supposed to. Well, it wasn't supposed to be like that, but but it is a great tool to have that. Um, I I did want to ask you, are you how are you feeling? You were you were, uh, you were sick. I don't want to get into what unless you want to bring it up. But well, I mean, as far as the COVID, I've I've had COVIDs uh, since last week. Um, which honestly, I've I've been through much worse than this. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. That's why I was curious because yeah. I I haven't had it, and I don't. There's many different stories. How, so how did it affect you? Uh, the COVID. Yeah. Um. It actually is not that. It's just like a cold. It's really? not even. I've had worse colds, honestly. Yeah. Um. If this were normal circumstances, I would just go to work and blow right through it, and I wouldn't think anything of it. Uh, but obviously these aren't normal circumstances where, you know, we're talking with a pandemic, so I don't want to be infecting other people. Right. If we're just a little cold, which it normally for the most part feels like, you know, that it's not all that bad, but I'm triple vaxxed too. So, um, you know, that I'm sure that helps. Now, what if, if this is, this is my curiosity also knowing now, now that you gave me that information, if you thought it was a cold, what made you get tested? Um, well, because we're in the era of COVID. Okay, so you want um, to make sure. Plus, make sure, and the symptoms I had were similar to what they're talking about, the Omicron uh, uh, virus. Okay. So it was kind of, the fact that I was congested more in my throat than my chest, mm-hmm. that seemed a little unusual. Uh, so that's what made me think. And, and plus, you know, well, it's better to know and, and not infect other people if, you know, if I can avoid it. Sure, sure. But so it was yeah. a different kind of cold than that. It was more in your throat than it was normal. So you, yeah, okay. Well, that makes right. sense. I've yeah. always wanted because, like I said, I haven't, I haven't had it, but mo- many people say different. It affects them different ways, and I, I yeah. know people who are just constantly getting tested just because they, you know, they stub their toe. I got to get a COVID test. Right. Uh, it, right. It, it's it, so I didn't know what led you to believe that, and that that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I think it. Just as well. I mean, plus we're coming out of the holidays and, you know, it's uh, a lot of people had family gatherings. So I think the thing's going to start spreading like wildfire. So um, I figured I probably had it judging by the symptoms. I might as well get tested just to make sure. Do you know where, without getting personal, do you know where you got it? Uh, I have my suspicions, but it could have been any number of places. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it could have been a number of a few people that I, I, you know, that I work with. Could have been some uh, immediate family members. We're not sure, but did you have to go down the line of list of people and say I've, I've been exposed, or, or did that? 
No, the handful of people, I mean, I've, everybody that I was in contact with knows that, uh, you know, that I had it, that I tested positive. So they're all aware of it. So what's worse, uh, the COVID call or an STD call? <laughs> uh, well, I'm not, I've, I've never had that other call. <laughs> not so. speaking from experience, but what do yes. you think? What would you uh, I would think the STD call would be worse. Yeah, because COVID goes. I don't want to find that out though someday. <laughs> you don't want to go. I don't want to get a phone call saying, "Hey, guess what? I tested your theory." Yeah. Um, right. Now you um, speak. Well, back to comedy, anyways. You you were you do a lot of of guitar work, and you've cut a few albums. How many mm-hmm. How many albums do you have out right now? Um. Well, I wasn't doing the the music one back in the days when I was doing stand up. I didn't start playing guitar till later. But I've got, let's see, one, two, three, let's see, I get, I think three, my first CD, Kill the Messenger, and this was before I I learned you could actually hire an actual musician to do (laughs) stuff for you, and I listen to it now and I cringe because I thought it sounded good at the time, like, oh my God, that was terrible. Really? Um, So I actually wound up. What, I, have, um, I have to ask you, what, 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 why, is it, why do you cringe now? Well, because I listened to it, I realized how bad I was. Oh. Uh, I can hear, you know, bass notes that I added in, in GarageBand that are off, and the, the timing, you know, keeps changing time and things, drum beats that are off. Um, but once I learned you could actually hire somebody uh, to make it sound good, I actually redid that album uh, for the 10th anniversary in 2019. I did like an acoustic stripped down version. I wanted to have you know make the songs sound at least halfway presentable. Uh, then I got two CDs. Then I did a, a five-song baseball EP. Um, it was a down, strictly a download thing. And I've been working on a bunch of songs the last uh, couple of years now, and eventually that uh, hopefully we'll get out on a CD. Yeah. Mm. Now, what brought what made you decide to do that? Because I know Stephen Lynch was popular around here doing that. I think that's his uh, name. Doing uh, music? Yeah, uh, guitar and just being... Well, the funny thing is, um, years ago, a guy that I worked with in my day job, Jack Reardon, very talented blues harp player, uh, was telling me about an open mic over at the Lloyd Wakefield. And he says, there's a bunch of guys from Stone about your your age. One guy named Paul, and I'm thinking, well, Paul that I'm thinking of is... Paul Janelli, who I literally grew up across the street from, who I always knew was a talented musician, but we, you know we'd gone our separate ways at lost touch. I said, is his name Paul, you know, kind of a short guy, and he said, yeah, yeah, I think that's him. And I went down there, and I hadn't seen him in decades, but you know, right away, he just he was on stage singing, and he smiled when he saw me coming because he knew who I was because uh-huh. you know, we recognized each other. And so, just out of fun, I started going up and singing Beatles tunes or whatever. And then by then, I'd already started to play the guitar a little bit, not very well. So I started doing cover songs, um, songs that interested me, um, that I thought were kind of funny. Um, and then somebody said to me, well you, should, well, you should try writing your own songs. I'm like, I can't read or write music. I don't know how to write a song. I figured, what the heck? So I gave it a shot, and I wrote uh, some songs, and it got laughs. And I found out, hey, I think I can do this, actually. And People seem to enjoy it, and I seem to enjoy the creative aspect of it. And you know, one thing led to another, and there I was. What's harder, do, uh, working out a bit or a song? Uh, well, probably a bit. I mean, for song, you know, sometimes you can always just turn the amp up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a song either you know it goes well or it doesn't go well. If 
if you're telling jokes and you're not getting laughs, it's like, wow. It's like, uh, there's, there's, there's nowhere else to go. What, yeah. What is that? Like? I mean, everyone's bombed, so I'm not insulting you by saying that but on your, seen, on your work. I've seen great comedians bomb far better comedians than me, but it is not fun. Um, I remember what my worst, perhaps the worst, and everybody likes to tell the, the, their nightmare stories. Uh, I was working in Monaca, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and the stage, uh, the the audience was kind of like all the tables and chairs were set back from the stage. So I tried to go out to the audience. Now I'm out and I'm in the dark and it's not working. I get back on stage. I bombed miserably, and I was so. Uh, frazzled that when it came time for me to bring on the headliner whom I'd been working with all week, I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> so, and the only way to get out of there is through the crowd. There's no like back door or anything. So as I'm going through the crowd, I walk by this table and this woman says, this next guy's gotta be funnier than he was. <laughs> yeah. And this other woman like grabs my arm and I turn, she says to me, Anyone ever tell you that men are just the dumb end of the dick? Oh, uh, I don't even know what the hell that what means. Is that? Yeah, I was going to say, where's yeah. the smart end? I, I just, so, yeah. the, the next year, uh, I was out on the same circuit, but I didn't work that room. And <laughs> I was talking to some other comic who was working that, had worked that circuit. He says, out of the blue, he says, do you ever work in Monaca? <laughs> I said, oh, God, yeah, I bombed there. He says, oh, everybody does. It's a horrible room. So like, that made me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 all right. First of all, I love the idea of you not remembering his name. And I think I, I instantly went to Roddy Dangerfield where I actually watched a bit of Bob Saget because it's one of my favorite things. That's actually how I got introduced to him. But he does, he did this one thing where he's, where Rodney comes out and he introduces everybody. He goes, this guy needs no introduction. He just walks away. Like, I just imagined you doing that instead. I actually did do that many years ago. <laughs> once. Uh, I didn't, I didn't realize it was a Rodney bit. So. Well, you might, you might've done it first. I don't know. No, but uh, I, I yeah, I'm sure Rodney stole from me. Yes. Yeah, the word was out. But we're gonna tell you. <laughs> I did that. I did a Rodney thing in, in Carnival Ball. Oh yeah. And my biggest laugh. They, they were all just generic Rodney jokes. Right. Right. But I. But then I said, um, "Do you remember Mr. Campagna?" Oh yeah. And I. I said, uh, I, "I'll spare you the Rodney impression." But I said, "Hey, I, I saw Mr. Campagna jogging the other day." I said, "Hey, nice sweater." He goes, "I'm not wearing one." Oh, <laughs> yeah, he was a very hairy man, and that was that got the biggest laugh. It, I yeah. think, and, and Mr. Carino, who also passed away recently, yes. somewhat recently, he's he wrote that. I did, I wrote everything else, but he wrote that Campagna joke. And oh, that's funny. He got the best laughs. I don't even think it was that great, but it it, it killed. Maybe it was because of Mr. Campagna too. I don't know, but right. Well, they love to see a poke fun of the teacher. Yeah, well, you have to, and, and you get a free yeah. pass. What are you going to do? Suspend me? You can't. Do right, that. right. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> but back to what's what is what is it? Can you equate fe- uh, bombing with anything? Um, do I equate bombing with anything? Yeah, yeah. Can you like a feeling? Like, do you just does the brain just flow out of your head? Like what? Just, um. Yeah. You know, there's, it's oh, it's an awful feeling if you're dying miserably, especially if uh, there was someone that I went to school with, uh, it like sitting down front one of my shows and I'm dying miserably and I can see this look in her face like, oh, you poor son of a <laughs> And uh, But sometimes it can go the other way if you say, ah, you know, screw it, what the hell? And if you don't care, and then sometimes you might start winging it and it actually might start going better because you don't give a crap. Um but you know, it's it's everybody bombs, and there were there was one room. Um, I think it was called the Charlie Horse, uh, which was <laughs> of course I was. never worked there. I never worked there. It was a, a comedy connection gig, but I've heard nothing but horror stories about it. And 
apparently there was one guy who would always sit down front and right in the middle of your joke, he'd go. <laughs> yeah. And um, why go? Yeah, it, it's just, yeah, people went to just to see comedians bomb, I guess. And it was like, well, it's money. You know, you're going to subject yourself to this, but you get paid for it. And uh, if Mike Donovan, the brilliant local comedian, uh, it's the Charlie horse, but Mike Donovan used to call it the groin pull. Uh, <laughs> and it was very appropriate, apparently. <laughs> I, like, I reminded of the cheers when Sam did the newscast and he had a groin injury. Groin. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, yeah. I, I, I actually, I was on a dare. We, I, I forget if I was, it was in, it was, it was, uh, it was, it, I forget the, the word when you go to school and you, they, they bring you around you. I've already been accepted to Salem state. Uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're getting the tour and it's, it's not initiation. It's, um, it does orientation. orientation. Thank you. And I was with Joe Selly and Scott Humber and and I don't know how this came up, but doing stand up came up, mm. and I was like, I could do that. I could, yeah. I could easily do that. They're like, go do it. I'm like, because we, oh, you know why? Because Anthony Clark from uh-huh. um, Yes Dear and other yeah. things, he was doing comedy, right? And there was some people before him that were you know opening acts, whatever. And I right. said, I can do that. So I I they they bet me. I don't know what I they, I might not even won anything. I might, they might have just dared me, and I was stupid enough to do it. But, but I had no jokes. So I yeah. asked I asked the lady, can I do two minutes? She's like, yeah, absolutely. So I go up there and I start doing Hans and Franz for some reason. And you start doing what? Hans and Franz. Oh, all right. Like, like a, the whole skit. I think I, I think right. I stole it from my Carnival Ball thing with Todd Davis. Right. And it got a couple laughs, but then people were just like, is that all you're going to do? And and it, right. I was like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm done. Thank you. So I, I, <laughs> I do have a feeling of what it's like, but not officially because I wasn't supposed to do it. Uh, oh, right. But it was great in school because I heard someone one one girl was like, "There he is! That's the guy that that did Hans and Franz at orientation." I was like, "Oh, either uh, either I'm a I'm a douche or I'm famous. One or the other. I don't know. Or or a famous douche." Uh, but uh, uh, what's the what's the best room you've ever done? Uh, also in Pennsylvania, not Manaka. <clears throat> um, I think it also began with an M. Um, it just it's one of those nights where everything just worked. Uh, it's like no matter what I said, everything just uh, you know worked. But as far as individual rooms, the old Stitches was great. Uh, it used to be on Comav. It's part of the it's part of the paradise. That's where I started doing open mic. Um, played again, Sam's um, further up on Comav. Um, there was a basement room. It was a that could be a great room. Uh, the old Comedy Connection, which was much smaller than the current one. Um, so there were some good rooms, definitely some good rooms. Have you, have you ever had someone heckle you and you got the better of them? Uh, probably not. It was not one of my, well, not one of my strong suits. (laughs) That's good. Probably not. (laughs) I'll tie this into, uh, earlier, uh, back when I was coaching little league, um, I had a gig on a Sunday night in Rhode Island. So, I'd been coaching a game earlier that day, a little league game that had a baseball cap on. So, um, and it was kind of a haul. So I, after the game, I hurry home, quick shower, get in the car and I start driving to Rhode Island. And as I'm driving, it feels like I'm still wearing a baseball cap. And I feel the top of my head. No. And I look in the rear view mirror and my hair's all kind of grungy. And I realized because I was in a hurry that I'd forgotten to shampoo. So, 
I'm trying to arrange my hair in the mirror. And I thought, well, you know what? These people, they've never seen me before. They don't know what I normally look like. You know, I'm not going to worry about it. So I get to the show. Show starts. They introduce me. I walk on stage. Before I even get to the microphone, <laughs> some guy yells out, who cut your hair? Yeah. So he knew right away. <laughs> yeah. I think I had a brilliant two-word response. But... Big as with an F? Yes, yes. <laughs> now, do you, when's the, are you still going out, or are you just focusing on songs? Do you still get out and make the search? Um, well, nobody's really gotten out much lately. Oh, that's fair. That's um, fair. Um, but were you was, pre-pandemic? Pre-pandemic, I still wasn't going out as much. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's I kind of decided that I, I wanted to stop doing the bar open mics, because you know nobody's paying attention. I you know I, I prefer more the coffee house open mics where people are listening. Because I don't want to be sitting. Because I remember one night I was sitting there. It was eleven o'clock. I was on stage singing. There were three people in the audience, all separate of each other. And they're all on their phones. And I'm singing. I'm watching them. I'm like, what am I even doing up here? I mean, I could be at home right now. I could be practicing a song. I could be watching TV. I say, like, is this just a waste of my time? Um, so I've tried to avoid the bar open mics anyway. Uh, but I do like the coffee house open mics where I can tell the stories and, you know, make some jokes and stuff like that. What's your favorite coffee bar? Um, well, one great, uh, open mic is actually at the BB Estates in Wakefield. Uh, the last, it was the last third or fourth Wednesday of every month. They've been doing it virtually, uh, the last year or so. Uh, there's no sound system or anything. It's just, a, it's an old mansion and uh, it's a small room and, you know, you, you do your time. There's not that many people, not that many acts. So you're not, uh, waiting the 32nd person on. Uh, so it's, it's very open, very friendly. Everyone's listening. So I enjoy that one a lot. Um, yeah, that's 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 probably the the first one I think of. Yeah, and how far away do you travel to do that? Uh, that's right over in Wakefield. No, I'm sorry, I meant in general. Oh. Like, like where if if you're not going to Wakefield, well, where, how far well, will you travel to do this? Well, when I was starting out, I when I was going out to uh, uh, boy, I'm trying to think of the place now. Uh, air. Yes. I'm maybe, not even air. Not not air. I can't. Even, <clears throat> it's um, down 119 when you when Route 2 breaks around, you go straight there. I can't even think of the name of the town. Uh, I was traveling a, quite a, a ways sometimes to get to uh, open mics um, early on, you know, just to get experience on stage. Uh, but after a while, you know, that gets a little old. Yeah. And uh, just keeping it to more you know, local places. Yeah. Not so. a good idea. Mm. <clears throat> do you do you sell your CDs on a web page or do you have a is uh, is it I did there? have a I did have a website and you could download my songs there but um it was like 200 bucks a year for the website and it just didn't seem to be enough traffic to uh warrant that so I just sell them you know at shows or if somebody wants to buy one you know we meet up for lunch or something or next time I see them that kind of thing Nice Nice then do you yeah. have anything you want to promote uh, um, good dental health. No, yes, um, <laughs> four to five. Very important. Uh, not the, at the time. I mean, uh, you can find some of my videos on YouTube if you just go to YouTube and put in my name. 
Um, you can see some of my videos. We've I've done a bunch of videos with my friend, mostly with my friend Claude von Roskin, and he's got green screen green screen technology. So we've actually come up with some pretty clever stuff. What's his name? Claude von Roskin. Claude Claude von Roskin. Yeah. <laughs> His name. That's his real name? That's great. That's his real name. It's, you know, Dutch, I think, or something. So <laughs> That's fantastic. Mm. <laughs> so he's a great guy and uh, very talented with the camera. <clears throat> well, I, I appreciate you hanging out for a half hour or so, Dan, and, and I, I wish you the best. I hope you feel better. Thank you, George. Thanks for talking to me and <laughs> um, having me on. It was it was fun. Good. I'm glad you had a good time. I just, I'm going to stop. i just hang on for one second. Sure. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome.